Welcome to our GIE Media Horticulture Group podcast. I'm Cassie Knighton from Greenhouse Management. And I'm Michelle Samakis from Garden Center Magazine. And now that we are here into the new year, we are excited to talk about the upcoming trends for 2017. We're joined today by Katie Dubow, who is the creative director at Garden Media Group, and also Lindsay Pangborn, who is the marketing specialist at Doom and Orange. They are both going to talk to us about what we can expect in the new year. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you. Katie, let's go ahead and start with you. Recently, Garden Media Group released Grow 365, your 2017 trends report, and I know it focused a lot on the importance of giving gardeners resources to grow food indoors all year long, as that name kind of implies. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of this year's report? Absolutely. That, you know, the title we think says it all, how can we grow 365 days a year? And, you know, we're very positive in our report, in most of our reports, and we see a lot of growth to come in the coming years for gardening. Our industry is truly ripe for a boost, but we believe the the greatest, you know, productivity and success can come when our category can consumer-face all 320 million Americans, and we can garden 52 weeks a year. And so we really focused a lot, a lot of our trends this year focused on that, you know, whatever you're growing and wherever you're growing it, the ability to garden year-round helps make our category more relevant, more popular, and then in turn, you know, helps make all of the, the products and services that we offer just more successful. And uh, Lindsay, this past November, we attended Doom and Orange's Potted Plant Palooza, where we heard you outline a lot of what the aesthetic and design trends are going to be in the coming year. Can you give us uh, a little bit of an overview on that and how those trends can really translate to the horticulture market? Sure. So what we did this year was the inaugural year for Doom and Orange to provide um, sort of a comprehensive home decor trend report that is customized to our industry, and our hope with this report is that it'll provide growers and retailers, who are our primary customers, um, a really good guide, really good cues for developing their programs, so anything from plant, uh, plant selections to POP selections to retail set display. And what our report does is really focuses on the four seasons of the year, so from it starts this year in autumn for 2017. So we're looking a full year ahead, which is really great for our industry because there's not a lot of resources to, uh, to growers and retailers to look a full year ahead. And that will really help support their program planning. What we'll do is twice a year we'll produce a new report, and that will help supplement. So every autumn and winter we'll have a new report that comes out, and then spring and summer we'll have an additional report. So our hope is that this can really serve as a tool for the industry and that our customers can anticipate it and look forward to receiving it every year. Katie, uh, going back to the Growth 365 report, you released at least eight trends, I believe, this year. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Do you have a favorite on that list or one that you're most excited about? I sure do. Um, yeah, Uberizing is my favorite trend. I, we do, we, what, how we do it in our office is we kind of all brainstorm, we throw them in a bucket, and then we pick them out, and then we decide each person in the office gets to research one, and that this one was mine, so it's like my baby. I'm sure you've all heard of Uber, but it's, for those who don't know, it's basically a taxi cab on your cell phone. You, you know, you call up using an app, 
a car and the car arrives and you can track where it is and everything is seamlessly paid through a credit card so you never have to exchange money. And I read a lot about Uber before uh, while researching this trend and the, there's this shift that's happening in places where Uber is hitting that the average patience of someone waiting for a cab used to be between 13 and 15 minutes and that people used to be willing to, when they call the cab, say, okay, that's, I'll wait at my apartment for 13 to 15 minutes. That's totally normal. But now the average wait time is between two and five minutes. So it has completely shifted. It has, you know, the, there's a lot of other things that it has shifted as well, but it has completely shifted the market. And so what we are looking at in how uh, some kind of services and what kind of service can be offered in our industry that can completely shift the market. And I think that particularly for uh, garden center and retailers, they can provide a service that will change their business model, that will make people see them as the go-to source to complete a service in their home, outside of their home. You know, we're, we're talking a lot about indoor, but people are still gardening outdoors, and they still want that service. And so how can we make sure that we are seen as absolutely necessary in people's lives by providing them with that service that they can't live without? And Lindsay, we'd love to know what trends are most important for growers to know in 2017? So for 2017, I think in general, looking at this color trends report, it's really important for growers just to keep in mind the colors that will be coming to the forefront. So we, we're always going to have those traditional seasonal colors. You know, if you're considering autumn, um, maybe looking at garden mums, you know, that's a pretty popular plant for autumn. Um, you're always going to have those traditional colors, but for growers to really stay on the forefront and, and ensure that they've got the best and the most coveted plants and the most coveted colors for the upcoming season, it's important for them to look at this report and say, you know, how can I layer in those traditional tones, but then how can I supplement it with something that's new and up and coming just to keep their assortment really fresh and exciting um, and something that their customers can look forward to receiving uh, or having a selection of receiving year after year. So, Lindsay, do you have a favorite trend that's coming out in 2017 that you'd like to share with us? I do. You know, I, I really like all of the trends. I've got probably my favorite would be for winter 2017 going into 2018. Um, it's a very neutral, monochromatic color palette. Um, it's really all about different shades of gray and then layering in on top of that some softer some softer tones, and then also some gold. So you really get that glimmer of gold. You get your holiday shimmer in there. But having that neutral base of gray gives you a really great opportunity to layer in both those traditional holiday tones. So if you're talking poinsettias, you could still layer in your reds that you're always going to have. Uh, but then you can also complement it with some gold, with that, that touch of gold, and then bringing in some maybe not-so-traditional plant groups like calanchos there's some good opportunities to layer in some of the lighter, softer colors that will really it'll keep the palette very holiday and festive feeling, but uh, really freshens it up and modernizes it. Now that you've both talked about some of your favorite trends, what I always wonder is um, how you find your trends. And uh, Katie, I understand that Garden Media Group has been producing a trends report for quite some time now. Can you talk a little bit about how long you've been doing this and also uh, what your sources are for your trends? Absolutely. Yes, this is our 16th year, so it's, um, it's a long time. And we started <laughs> predicting trends back in 2001 
I wasn't there, didn't work at the company at the time, but I've heard the story many, many times that we worked with the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society promoting their flower show. And uh, Susie, you know, our, our boss, my boss, was sitting around the table with, with the board, and they were all talking about what the theme was going to be for the following year. And she said, well, what are some of the trends that you guys were spot- that you spotted at the, the last show? And nobody said anything. And it was like, well, nobody's, nobody's looking at trends. And so they, they started doing it then, and they started looking at trends. And ever since then, you know, nobody else was doing it at the time. Um, and at the time, it was, you know, it was something that all, uh, trade shows were, you know, it was a booming era of trade shows. And you would walk around the shows and be able to see uh, lots and lots of trends. And so that's when it started. You know, we've been doing it in this sort of similar way the whole time. Of course, the Internet has evolved how we research trends immensely, but we start on a global scale and review um, international trade shows. We look at international uh, home design to fashion because what's happening outside of our industry naturally trickles into our industry. I'm sure, you know, Lindsay does the same thing. And we then interview our media sources. So we talk to people like Michelle and Cassie, and we talk to people in our uh, consumer contacts, and we talk to some trusted other sources like landscape designers and our clients to see what new products they're putting out on the market. And we really talk to a lot of people about what, what they're seeing coming down the pipeline. And then, of course, there's a little tea leaf reading and connecting the dots. You know, I think that when you've been predicting trends for 16 years, there's something that Susie just sees and says, yep, that's going to be hot. And, of course, there also is maybe a little bit of that crystal ball. So um, we just, we've learned to trust our instincts and put together a report that we, we think that will be valuable. Okay, great. I'm sure at least most listeners know who Susie is when you mention her, but Susie McCoy, founder of a Garden Media Group. And Katie, that sounds like a lot of work, uh, interviewing all those people, finding these sources from all different types of industries. How far in advance do you begin this process? Well, we started working on 2018 trends yesterday. Well, pretty much. We should have started working on it yesterday. Yeah, as soon as we wrapped. So 2017 was wrapped in September. We presented it at New England Grows. Actually, we presented it at Garden Writers Emergent Group in August and then November, New England Grows. And so we wrapped it up in August, and we, we pretty much have been working on 2018 since then. So we, I think, you know, it takes about a year, because as soon as you, you stop, it seems like there's something that you want to include in 2017, but it's like any good piece of writing or anything, you, at some point you have to say, we're finished, we're done, and that can go in next year, so let's put it in the file. So we have a big wall in our office that we just start posting articles or things that inspire us on, so it's... It's getting pretty full already. And that's the great thing about doing it each year, too, is that you something that might have not been included or something that you're not really sure about yet, you can kind of leave it there, think about it, and mull over it. Absolutely. So, Lindsay, I'd love to hear from you with that exact same question as you're forecasting these trends that are coming up for the following year and how you're planning out this entire year ahead for growers. We'd love to know where you go to find those trends and uh, how far in advance do you have to plan for those. Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, we, this is our first year producing this trends report. So a little bit of it is figuring out as we go, and we really intend to build it out quite a bit more in the coming years. But for this year, we've relied pretty heavily on the Pantone View Color Planner, which is a report produced by Pantone. Um, they're sort of the authority on color 
and uh, they represent pretty heavily the trends that are up and coming in home decor and fashion. So that's a, a great resource for us. There are a lot of different trends presented in that book. So what we do to kind of narrow those down is with our team, we do a lot of research internally. Um, we've also got, we've got a partnership going with a local organization. They're called Fashion Week Columbus, and uh, it's, it's just what it sounds like. So um, every October they host an entire week of fashion events. Um, they've got some runway shows. They've got um, a high tea event. Uh, they've got a lot of fun events that go on. So we, we really enjoy being a sponsor of that event because it's a great opportunity to pair our florals with fashion, but it also really supports the initiative that we're taking with this report because we've got a lot of different sources to glean from on, uh, you know, in terms of, of what's up and coming in fashion for colors, for patterns, for textures. So that's been another really great resource for us. Oh, how exciting. I remember from my college days when I took a couple fashion courses uh, at Kent State, and one of my professors had told me that Columbus is such a great area for fashion, and it's actually where a lot of companies test new products and designs and trends because it has such a diverse market. So how cool that you're strategically placed right there um, in the midst of all of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's actually in the U.S. Columbus is the third biggest fashion city after New York and L.A., which when I first learned that, I was sort of surprised. But it makes sense. We've got a lot of big fashion brands that are headquartered here, and we've got a lot of designers that come here to work. Oh, very neat. Katie, talking again about uh, Growth 365, a lot of the trends I notice each year um, are kind of focusing a little bit on what consumers are doing and what they might be interested in and how to best serve them. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what trends are most important for retailers to know and any suggestions for them, you know, actually implementing them and uh, using them to to benefit their stores? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we always try to put in, especially when we do presentations, some takeaways for retailers because it is consumer-focused. We do want consumers to download the report and then garden more. Um, but what retailers, I think the, the big takeaway always with trends is that, you know, we need, we need to stay relevant. So relevance is something that, you know, I've mentioned before. I feel like I say that word over and over again. But we need to, the garden industry needs to reframe our products into people's current lives. So, you know, how can we make sure that our product fits into someone's daily schedule without saying, well, you just need a plant because you need a plant. Um, redirecting conversations about you know, what is ordinary and renormalizing what we sell. So, you know, I'm sure there's a program that Costa Farms has called O2 for You. It's not just about a house plant. It's an air cleaning tool. And so how can you make sure that people in apartments have house plants or people with babies, uh, a nursery, put a, put a house plant in a, new, in a new nursery? So reframing house plants or reframing organic. We did a Safe Paws program with the Espoma Organic Company. So it's not just about having organic fertilizer. It's about doing what's right for your kids and your pets on the lawn. And so things like that really resonate with people. So how can we reframe our products and make sure that they are resonating with people and being relevant? Um, of course, I mentioned Uber. I think that you know adding value-type services like that is, is something that is can be one of the biggest takeaways for retailers. So, you know, it's really just enabling us to educate our customers. When you, have, when you provide a service, you're setting them up for success. You're saying, you know, let me teach you how to do it. I can, you know, maybe you offer certain levels. So one is we can teach you how to do it because there's a lot of DIY, you know, friendly people out there. 
Um, and then you have another, the top level is, well, I'll just do it for you because there's, I'm sure, lots of customers who want that service as well. But, you know, in our industry, you, you three may all know the two biggest reasons why people don't garden, and that's time and knowledge. And so this, this service or this um, delivery model type thing can, do, can, can really solve both of those problems for us and make sure that we are, are staying relevant for our customers. I really like the focus to the title of the report and the focus on indoor gardening as well and bringing in the importance of being able to grow your own food uh, 365 days a year. Obviously, that's really important for people to know the source of their food and where it comes from. You know, I think that that also can make gardening more relevant for more people, especially people who may not have a ton of room outdoors and who live in apartments or, you know, may not have that kind of space but still want fresh vegetables all year. Yeah, Absolutely. Yes. Or the climate. You know, there's so many reasons why people are gardening indoors. And um, what we like to say is that you control the conditions because back to that time and knowledge thing. I mean, as we all know, it's hard. It's gardening. You know, gardening can be very difficult, especially when you haven't had rain in, in three weeks or you have too much rain or frost comes two weeks late. You know, there's so many conditions, things that happen outside that you can't control. So um, by educating people about gardening indoors, not only are you setting them up for success, but now you've got a, a viable business 365 days a year. And uh, studies have shown that instead of 2.5 times, according to the NGA report, that people will visit a garden center, they'll come into your store eight times to buy products. And the average price of that product will be higher because they're buying just more expensive products. So getting people to garden indoors is, seems to me to be a no-brainer. And I think, too, getting people to garden indoors uh, goes with making it beautiful for them and, and helping it integrate within the flow and the trends that they already have implemented uh, in their indoor spaces. And I think that ties really well into something that you were talking about at Potted Plant Palooza, Lindsay. Um, you were marrying a lot of these trends with a lot of indoor varieties. So I'd love to hear your take on that. How can growers and retailers really capitalize on that? Yeah, no, that's a, a good question, and I think for, for growers, it's a bit more straightforward. For retailers, there's a lot of different ways they could go with it, but for growers, they really could take away these color cues into their program planning. So, like I mentioned, um, you know, they've got their sort of their standard lineup for every season, and looking at these trends is a good opportunity for them to sort of be inspired and look at what new varieties are coming out that maybe they wouldn't normally add to their assortment. But, uh, you know, looking at it and saying, you know, hey, that really fits with the color trends that's up and coming. Maybe I'm going to try this new variety and pick, you know, just a few new varieties to layer into their assortment. Um, and it really sort of gives them uh, a little bit of confidence that they're trying this new variety and also consumers will be expecting to see or will be excited to see that color at, uh, at retail eventually. So it's really going to mm -hmm. support um, getting those, those varieties and their assortments they've chosen through to retail. And for, for retailers, I think there's a lot of different ways they could take this. Um, obviously, it's a great cue to plan their retail sets, and I think that's the biggest takeaway. Um, they can really think about the colors, the textures, the materials to use to build up a really nice on-trend retail display that is going to grab the customer's attention when they walk into the store. Um, and something they could really take advantage of as a retailer is establishing themselves 
in their customers' eyes as somewhere to go every single season to come and see what's new, what's on trends. Um, you know, customers are very often looking at Pinterest, getting in inspired, and they know, they sort of got in their minds a picture of what's trending. So if they go to their local garden center and see that they've matched, you know, essentially exactly what they're seeing on Pinterest, that's, you know, that's going to stick in their minds, and that's going to cause them to want to come back and shop again and again at that retailer and look forward to it. The inspiration piece is so important to carry that over. Yeah, it, it is. And, um, you know, I think Katie is talking about a bit of the, the wall that consumers have and what holds them back from gardening. And I think another little piece of that that we can help with uh, from the industry side is to provide the inspiration and, um, you know, show them it can be fun and it doesn't have to be uh, just planting a plant in the ground. You know, they can make it fun. They can make it beautiful. They can integrate it into their current decor, and they can change it up season by season. And, you know, particularly with potted plants, um, I think it's important to communicate to the consumer that it is a decor item. They don't have to keep mm -hmm. it alive. You know, if, if it dies, they're not failing at gardening. Um, it, it's more, it should be seen as more of a decor item, not so much a gardening item. You know what I, I, I love about all of this, too, is that looking at it from these types of perspectives, saying, why aren't we looking at these trends and, and mapping those out for growers as well as retailers? It's kind of giving everybody this proactive versus reactive kind of take on the industry. I feel like so much we're always reacting to trends or or sometimes, you know, we're trying to play catch up. But when we have these resources like the both of you have provided us, we can really start to be proactive and insert ourselves right into new trends and our younger generation, and I just think all of this is so great. So so thank you both so much. Um, is there anything else, uh, I'll start with you, Lindsay, is there anything else that you would like to add that perhaps we haven't mentioned in our talk here today? So I think another good takeaway, uh, in particular for retailers to keep in mind with these new trends, is looking at the inspiration piece and building retail sets in their store there's a really good opportunity for them to look at a retail set that's showing inspiration for, say, Thanksgiving. And if they're looking at a Thanksgiving tablescape with, you know, the beautiful warm colors, maybe layering in a plant that's unexpected. So a really good example of this is Gold Rush Poinsettia. Um, this is a gold poinsettia, and people see it, and I think a lot of people don't know what to do with it because they've never seen a gold poinsettia before. So from the retailer's perspective, this is a great you know, a great opportunity for them to say, here's your Thanksgiving tablescape and how you could integrate this gold poinsettia. But then moving into winter, here's how you could pair it with a red poinsettia and make a really beautiful holiday display. And for the retailer, that's a perfect opportunity to say, here's a value-added item. You buy it once. You can transition it into the next season. And, and here's some accompanying items that you can come back to our, to our store in the winter and buy and you can duplicate this, this display for yourself at home. There's so many different ways to use uh, poinsettias too that people have experimented with, Valentine's Day, uh, breast cancer awareness, that, I mean, it's such a beautiful plant. It lives longer than just a Christmas season, so why not try to come up with these different uses for it and give people ideas? I think that's great. Yeah, there's a ton of opportunity to use it. It's a, a really cool plant. And then Katie, based on what Lindsay said, she was talking about uh, gold poinsettias, and that made me think of the Grow 365 report. There was a point that you mentioned in there about gold being specifically, you seeing it more outdoors in the garden and sort of more metallics in the garden. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So 
you know, like Lindsay said, gold is a color that everyone wants to talk about. I mean, not gold, color. Color, everyone wants to know every year. They say, okay, your trend report is great, but the one year we leave out color, that's all they want to know is, well, what's going to be the color? <laughs> so um, this year we we really looked, you know, fashion, as Lindsay also said, we look at fashion a lot to see, see what's coming. And it looks like metallics this year are going to be really hot. And it was between copper and gold for us. And, you know, gold is something that can come naturally in the garden, depends on how you look at it. But um, we decided that we thought gold would be really fun to talk about because not only could you talk about, you know, we talked a lot about decor today. So not only could you talk about different kinds of plants, like this in our trends report, we have a picture of a rising sun redbud, and it came from Susie's backyard, and it is stunning. I mean, it truly just is like you have a flashlight on the tree, um, and it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, the, the gold colors that it adds. Uh, and you know, but you can. So besides the plants, you can also use accessories. So you can use gold trays, you can use gold pillows, and it really helps movement. Really helps with the movement around your garden when you add these pops of this kind of glimmery, shimmery, metallic color. And it's it's something that's fun that people can do this season. And then just like any decor item, if you get tired of it, you you're not killing something. You're just replacing it with something that you like better next season. Absolutely. Katie, was there anything else that we didn't ask you that you wanted to mention today? No, I think we covered it. I just want to make sure everyone knows that where they can download our report at GardenMediaGroup.com because there's a lot of great stuff in there that I think um, I'm always curious to know what other people find more relevant to their business. So you can let us know. Please send me all your feedback. Katie, thank you so much for being with us today and uh, telling us a little bit more about Grow365. We appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for having me. And Lindsay, thank you again so much for sharing all of your design trends for the upcoming year. Uh, We loved having you on the podcast today. Of course. Thank you for having me too.